All right, great to have you again here on A Little Grace to Grow. And once again, we will continue our series on men who wouldn't quit. Today, we're going to talk about men who wouldn't quit through the most difficult circumstances. I know that's pretty broad, pretty generic, and uh, later on we'll talk about some more specific adversity. But I want this one to be broad. The Bible and history is filled with men and women who persevered through the most difficult circumstances. Whether we're talking about a Corey Tinboom, a Victor Frankel who both endured the Holocaust, or whether we're talking about Job who would lose family, health, and wealth and be accused of wrongdoing. There are plenty of examples to encourage us and inspire us to persevere when life gets tough. I mean really tough. You may be facing financial problems that are consuming your thinking. It may be health problems. It may be relationship problems. It may be all of the above. If you feel like you are facing unbelievable circumstances in your life, here is some counsel through the examples of those who already made it. In most cases, they prospered greatly because they persevered. But let's learn some things. I'm going to take a character from Second Chronicles chapter 20. King Jehoshaphat. He has taken the throne of the country of Judah. At this time during his reign, nearly a million-man army would march against him to take the city of Jerusalem. His prayer teaches us a lot. As a matter of fact, what he did teaches us a lot. And it teaches us what we ought to do, the very first thing we ought to do in regards to uh, being able to persevere through the most difficult circumstances. Number one, set yourself to seek the Lord. In verse 3 through 7, the Bible says this, And Jehoshaphat feared and set himself to seek the Lord. That is so important. That means he positioned his heart, his mind, his body, his spirit to God. He was looking to the Word of God. He was looking to the man of God. He was looking for the leadership of God in his life. In verse 12, the Bible says this in his prayer. He says, Neither know we what to do. This is his prayer to the Lord, revealing his heart, revealing his situation. He did not have the answer, but he knew the one who did. And my friends, I am here to tell you, regardless of your struggles, you may not have the answer, but I know the one who does, and I hope you do too. The outcome, verse 17 and verse 25, tell us this is God's answer to Jehoshaphat. Ye shall not need to fight in this battle. Set yourselves, stand ye still, and see the salvation of the Lord with you. So God reveals to Jehoshaphat he's going to take care of the problem. He gives Jehoshaphat the counsel he needs, and of course Jehoshaphat follows it, and there's a great victory. So he goes from the valley to the mountaintop very quick because he set himself to seek the Lord. 
Another Bible character teaches us something. In Genesis chapter 42, verse 36, Jacob believes that Joseph is dead. He has sent his sons into Egypt to get food during a famine. During this time, when those boys go there and they return, another son is held captive in Egypt by the name of Simon. The, the boys tell their dad that the prime minister of the land said that we couldn't go back until we bring our youngest brother, Benjamin. Well, Jacob wasn't having anything to do with that. And Jacob, in despair, cried out, All these things are against me. That was his feeling. And maybe that's your feeling. But he was in a situ very difficult situation because they were running out of food. And the only place to get it was Egypt. And they had to meet that condition. He didn't quit because he was willing to make the hard decision. He sent Benjamin. And of course, the outcome was the blessing of God. He discovers that Joseph is alive. Joseph discovers Benjamin's all right. And there's a family reunion in it all. So we need to understand that the right decision is often a very hard decision. When you're going through the most difficult circumstances, seek the Lord and make the right decision, even if it's difficult. Number three, this story is about four lepers. We read about them in 2 Kings chapter 7, verse 4. And of course, the narrative takes place again during a famine. The lepers are living outside of the city, and they are living off the leftovers and the benevolence of the people in the city. But the problem at this time is the people in the city are not eating. There is nothing to eat. They are starving. And some of them have even resorted to cannibalism. It is absolutely pathetic what's going on. Not far from the city is the Syrian army who has besieged the city. And the people of the city feel like they cannot go out or they're going to be killed. And here these lepers are just outside the city walls. And this is what they said. They teach us something. In verse 4, If we say we will enter into the city, then the famine is in the city and we shall die there. And if we sit still here, we die also. Now therefore come and let us fall unto the host of the Syrians. If they save us alive, we shall live. And if they kill us, we shall but die. We need to find a reason to hope and not despair. The four lepers understood a fact. If they stayed where they were, they were going to die. If they went into the city where there was no food, they were going to die. But out in front of them was a adversary that had food. And maybe if they appealed to their mercy, there'd be a chance. But at least they had food. And the story is a wonderful story of God's grace and mercy because as those four lepers got up and marched toward the Syrian army, God removed the Syrian army in a hurry. And when the four lepers arrived, they found an empty camp with pots and kettles filled with food. And these men were cared for because they found a reason to hope. 
Friend, there's always a reason to hope. When the Chilean gold miners lived, were stuck 2,000 feet below the Earth's surface because the, of the collapse of the mine, they were there for almost 70 days, but for about two weeks, they had no light. They had nothing other than the flashlights that they tried to preserve. And they started to lose despair, but there was one individual amongst them that reminded them, as long as we're alive, there's hope. As long as God is alive, there's a hope. There's hope. And so, how does a person get through the most difficult circumstances? Set yourself to seek the Lord. Understand that the right decision is often a very hard decision. Find a reason to hope and not despair. You can look at the cup half full or half empty. You can look at the the Daily Weather Channel as well. It's a 40% chance of rain or 60% chance of sunshine. You decide. The fourth thing I want to point out. When I look at people who were able to endure the most difficult circumstances, I discover that they're willing to accept the scars of the right decision. Yes, sometimes the right decision can bring scars. First of all, let's talk about the Lord Jesus Christ. See, uh, sometimes the scars worth saving the life of another. In Hebrews 12, 2, the Bible says, Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despised the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. He endured the cross. What a gruesome, gruesome death he experienced. The long-suffering, the physical anguish, the anxiety, the shame. But to top it all off, the thing that most people don't realize, he had to suffer the absence of his father's fellowship for a moment in time. Remember when he said, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? He endured. But then we come to John twenty twenty. After he's resurrected and the disciples are in the upper room trying to figure out what's going on, Jesus arrives. And he showed unto them his hands and his side. They saw his scars. An eternal reminder of the price of their redemption. When we're willing to accept the scars of the right decision, we can make it. I, I close with this story. This is a story that fascinated me. Back in 2003, a gentleman by the name of Aaron Ralston was hiking in the Utah Grand Canyon area. He made uh, three costly mistakes. Number one, he didn't tell anybody where he was going and how long he was going. Number two, he didn't go with somebody. And number three, he did not bring enough supplies. But he was an experienced hiker. And as you see us walking through the canyons in a very narrow ravine, apparently the echo created a movement on the top of the mountain and a large boulder came tumbling down toward him. 
He thought he was going to die. His initial reaction was to put his hand up as the boulder came down. But the boulder wedged between the canyon walls and it didn't crush him. It did crush his hand. It pinned him in that canyon. He would have remained in that canyon five days. He had a camcord and he recorded the events and his feelings. And he did whatever it took to survive. He had a little pocket knife, a utility knife. On day three, he realized the only way out was to sever his arm from his body, his hand from his body. But he didn't have the ability to do it. He was not ready to make that decision. He knew it was the decision that needed to be made, but he wasn't ready. Day four comes along. He is starving. He's thirsty. It's cold at night. And it's warm in the mor- during the daytime. He starts seeing flies. He realizes his hand is rotting. Day five comes along. He says he had an epiphany. He ties a tourniquet ar- above his elbow. And he begins to cut and cut and cut. And he had to break his own arm after cutting through the tendons and the skin to be released. The story is so graphic. I read the book. The book is called Between a Rock and a Hard Place. I read the book 10 years ago, but I can still visualize it. He's alive today. He's alive today because he made a very difficult decision. It was the right decision if he wanted to live. He bears the scars, but he's alive because of it. Now, I know that sounds graphic, but do you want to live? Do you want to live? Then sometimes it takes making a tough decision. May the Lord help you. May the Lord give you grace. God bless you, and you have a great day.